Blog Talk Radio. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. 
and, uh, you know, doing what I love to do, talk pro wrestling. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Yeah, you know, it's funny, man. I guess, you know, I I put on the Facebook page that um, I had a little announcement to make. And interesting enough, you know, we've been doing the show for quite some time, uh, talking wrestling. Uh, You guys know that I I was with the Savoldis for a little while, the the NWA on fire, wrestling on fire, doing commentary. Um, And now uh, what's what's, uh, interesting is um, I have decided finally – uh, you know, it, it's weird for me, but I've I'm I've taken upon myself to redefine uh, my age group. I don't know why I've taken on that responsibility, but I have, and I, I just I like doing things that I'm not supposed to be doing at my age, um, or at least people tell me I'm not supposed to be doing. Um, so this year, uh, I, I ran my first Spartan race this year, and uh, just to let you guys know, I guess the announcement is I, I have joined IWF. I am going to wrestling school now. So as much as I am enjoying being uh, in front of this microphone and talking wrestling, uh, talk is cheap, my friends. I'm going to have to put my money where my mouth is. So I am I am getting in the squared circle. I am taking my bumps. I'm taking my licks. I have the bruises to prove it after just a few classes. Uh, but, yeah, Dave, I, I've actually entered into the squared circle. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Congrats, you know, uh, you mentioned, you know, having this responsibility at your age, and I won't, do, you know, divulge what your what your age is, but uh, you know, I think it's pretty cool at, at, at this stage in, in your life, you're you're doing something that's uh, that, that, that's essentially in, in most people's minds a young man's game. So, uh, you know, all the best to you, and uh, you know, you know, you have my full support. So, um, I'm interested to see uh, how our conversations will. Will will take place as your training goes on. So, All yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting being in there and seeing it now from from that point of view. Um, you know, and taking bumps and, and and learning. You know, the psychology and and all that stuff. You know, and and you know, I've always I said like in like my first class. You know, going in there, I I kind of know the what, I know the why. I just I don't know the how. And it, it's cool, like, you know, being in there, being in the uh, the, the squared circle, uh, you know, learning how to, how to call things, uh, learning how to sequence things, uh, you know, making it look the way it's supposed to look. Uh, it, it's just been interesting to, to get in there. And, uh, you know, as much as, again, it's, uh, you know, it's, um, it's a young man's game. I get it. I get that. Um, but to be perfectly honest, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the younger generation are a bunch of pussies. So I, I think I have the advantage there. Uh, even though I'm older, uh, I think I have the advantage over the younger generation because, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just uh, the, the young generation, man, I mean, I, I feel like I can out-drink them. I can out-lift them. Um, so I'm, I'm cool being my age. <laughs> uh, I'm already talking trash. But, yeah, no, it is a young man's game, but I, I'm enjoying it so far. So, uh, there it is. I've I've entered into the world of pro wrestling. So, uh, you know, when you come out to, to support IWF and IWF, uh, you know, they run, you know, I take weeks off here and there, but they run almost uh, every week, uh, you know, for the most part. So uh, check out CampIWF.com and uh, you can get tickets, uh, you know, and I'll be part of the show. Our producer, Michelle, uh, is, is out there getting it done and uh, 
So it, it's been good stuff. And I got to, I gotta, you know, one thing I got to say to our, our fans tonight, uh, just you're going to have to excuse me. Um, and I got to thank the Savoldi family because uh, I got to do a little ring announcing at a charity event they had on uh, uh, Saturday night. and uh, not, No, Friday night. It was Friday night. And uh, for the Wayne P.A.L., I was I was the uh, commissioner as well, Dave. I was an honorary commissioner, so I I got to to you know wield the power uh, over the uh, roster. But uh, it was a cool night, and uh, but I'm losing my voice a little bit after uh, getting in there and uh, shouting at the crowd a little bit, and getting the crowd energized. And uh, I had my high school reunion on Saturday night, so the, the voice is a little bit. Uh, it's not a hundred percent, so I'm going to do my best to get through the show tonight. Uh, what kind of executive decisions did you make as the honorary commissioner? Well, you know there were there were some shenanigans. There were some shenanigans where you know there, there was a tag. There was actually a singles match. Uh, but both individuals in the singles match were were uh, part of their own tag teams, and their tag team partners, um, you know, were at ringside. And of course, they they, they could they couldn't maintain any sort of decorum. Or self control, so the singles match uh, just just devolved into a melee. So uh, I had to run in there, kind of kind of reestablish some order as as the match was just thrown out. And uh, uh, right then and there, I made a tag team match for after intermission just to get the four of them in the ring and then just settle it once and for all. So that was that was one of the decisions I got to make. And uh, it was cool. They had um. Go ahead. What? So you were essentially that evening's version of Teddy Long? Because Teddy Long, you know, was famous for making tag teams at SmackDown. I was. I so should have come. You know, I'm I'm mad now. I missed the boat. I should have just walked into the ring going, play, 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 play. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I made the tag. How did I miss that? How did I miss that? Uh, Thank you. Thank you to the Savoldis. I hope the uh, Wayne P.A.L. Uh, made out that night, you know. It's always it's always good, like when you can do something like that, and it's fun. Love being part of the wrestling game, and, and you do something for a good cause for charity. So uh, it was good to be a part of that. Um, but without further ado, let's get into it. You know, I enjoy like this show. It, it I enjoy because we we talk a lot about the majors, we talk about TV, but we you know like to get into the independent scene and uh, philosophies and different. Uh, promotions and what have you so we're going to go out to the phones right now because we do have the one and only the master of chaos kevin knight is on the line kevin how you doing this evening let's go mets yes it's gonna be awesome it's a wrestling show we're gonna wind up talking baseball but i am excited i'm ready for friday night first pitch 9:45. i am very i'm very pumped uh yeah we're all met fans here right yeah dave you're a met fan too right that is yes, awesome. I We're just going to talk baseball tonight. Anyway, let's let's try to focus on on wrestling. So you got you got a big uh, a big week this week uh, in the IWF uh, the show this weekend, and but you also have a seminar going on. Uh, tell our our audience uh, what's going on this week in IWF. Yeah, this Wednesday night, exactly uh, forty eight hours from right now, we have a pro wrestling seminar with wwe hall of famer bushwhacker luke as well as a man that should be in the hall of fame the greatest intercontinental champion of all time the honky tonk man and that'll be taking place at uh, iwf wrestling center in nutley new jersey this wednesday at seven o'clock which will be great for all the wrestlers and managers and divas and referees to learn from two of the greatest and most well-known 
wrestling names of all time. And how you know, and you you know, you run the school, you run the promotion. Um, how important is it for you? Like I said, you know, I, earlier I'm I'm a little older to be uh, getting in the ring, but you do have a lot of young people, twenty somethings that are are getting in there. Uh, how important is it to you that they learn? from the old school, whether it be seminars like this from, from two legends or just getting back and, and watching uh, the old stuff. How important is it uh, to see the, the old school stuff? It's really important, and it's the only way to learn. There is no textbook or manual or step-by-step DVD on how to learn professional wrestling. It's just a craft and an art form that gets passed down from generation to generation the only way to learn how to do it is to learn from guys and girls that have been doing it for a long period of time and successfully. And when you have an opportunity to take part in a, in a wrestling seminar like this with a Hall of Famer and a legend, you know, you're going to learn stuff from a different perspective, guys that have been doing this for 30 years. So, I mean, the only way to learn in the ring also is to be in the ring with with guys and girls that have been doing it much longer and much more successfully. You know, this isn't like basically any other sport where your on-field or on-court statistics determine how successful you are or if you just have raw athletic ability. It's not really going to get you anywhere in pro wrestling because the entertainment aspects involved in everything that we do. And the best way to learn that is from the Hall of Famers and Legends. And that's why we bring them in a couple times each year to help pass pass on what they've learned. I mean, you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about it. So you, you, um, it sounds like you genuinely look at pro wrestling as like that, uh, you know, you said pass down generation, generation, almost when you think of, the old days, like stories uh, told around a campfire, as you as you pass down legends, um, you know, you just you just look at this as a a storied tradition that, like, you know, you just want to see the the right way passed on. Am I am I reading that correctly? Yeah, there's really only one way to do it, and that is the right way. Uh, good against evil in the ring, telling a story, a believable story. It should not be any more complicated than that. If you look at the WWE ratings at this time it's really the lowest ratings in in 16 17 years of raw because you don't have many experienced guys in the ring helping to tell the stories and helping to pass on what they've learned to the younger guys and a lot of what they do just isn't really that believable and that's why you know not many people watch pro wrestling now as they used to in years gone by. And it's, it's helpful to have guys like Honky Tonk Man and Bushwhacker Luke pass on. I don't want to say, you know, the old school way or the way they did it back in their day, but you, you used to, the wrestlers used to try to convince the audience that was going on, you know, what was taking place in the ring is, is real. And, wrestling has sort of changed now where, you know, we always kind of knew it was a show and a performance, but during the two hours or three hours of that show, 
you know, we tried to make you suspend your disbelief and really believe that what's going on is is legit. Where now the WWE product, they don't even try to, you know, convince you for a second that what's taking place is real. And when you watch a movie or any TV show, for that matter, whether it's comedy or drama, you want to get wrapped up in what's going on and believe that what's happening is is credible. So that's what... That's the only that's the only way to learn that aspect of professional wrestling is learning it from the guys that did it successfully for a living in the seventies, eighties and nineties because what wrestling has become now basically is a joke, especially what wrestling on television. You can't even call it wrestling. So the only way to learn is to bring in the Hall of Famers and Legends to help pass on what they know. So when, when you were growing up, who are the, who are the guys that, that drew you in? Who are the guys that really, you know, I mean, you, you've made you've made it your life's work. So who are the guys that, that brought you in? Uh, the first match that convinced me that it was real was the Iron Sheik against Sergeant Slaughter boot camp match from Madison Square Garden, where my older brother used to watch wrestling all the time. And whenever I'd pass by the TV, and he had it on, he would try to convince me to watch it. And I'd say, oh, that's the corniest stuff I've ever seen. I don't want to watch this. It's all a show. And then one night, my older brother and sister were watching the matches from Madison Square Garden on the MSG network. And I passed by the TV, and Iron Sheik was making his way to the ring. Sergeant Slaughter came out, and it was the boot camp match. They were just beating the living hell out of each other. And I said, that match was real. Everything else I saw wasn't believable, but this match was real. And then I just got hooked from there. So, you know, obviously the Iron Sheik, Sergeant Slaughter, and then Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, and Ric Flair were really the ones as a kid that I, you know, got me hooked, hooked on it. And I just gravitated towards the characters that were the most believable. And if I believed that character... I then believe that what they were doing in the ring was real. Where now, I mean, I haven't been a fan of WWE for years and years and years. I mean, I have not watched a pay-per-view in ten and a half years. The last time I watched Raw at any length of time was uh, probably five and a half years ago when Bret Hart returned and he was going to do the face-to-face with Shawn Michaels. So, you're talking to to somebody that used to be a fan of the WWE and somebody that's, you know, turned off by their product because how can you believe it? Because, you know, the times I put it on, you know, they'll come back from commercial and they'll show you a clip of Triple H and Stephanie McMahon visiting a children's hospital and then two seconds later they go live to the arena and you see them in the ring you know, doing their their bad guy routine. And it's like, wait a minute. You just showed them with sick kids. Now 30 seconds later, I'm supposed to hate them. And that's what's totally turned me off from the WWE, where I know it's not real, but don't insult the intelligence of the audience that's watching the show. And I think that's why millions of people like myself no longer watch. And that's proven by the ratings that they have. So we just try to do everything the opposite and don't insult the intelligence of the audience. Make them believe for 
however long the event is, two hours or three hours, and, you know, try to put on a realistic-looking product, but not do it like, you know, where you're actually injuring each other. You're supposed to convince the audience it's real, but without injuring yourself or the other the other person in the ring. That's the art of professional wrestling. So that, that's what I've learned from the superstars and Hall of Famers of the past, and hopefully uh, Wednesday night, at the seminar at IWF Wrestling School, everybody else will uh, learn that as well. You, you mentioned uh, some of your influences, uh, and you mentioned Roddy Piper. Uh, I know you're a big Piper fan. Uh, you know him passing away this this year uh, tragically. Um, just give us your your thoughts on on what Piper meant, or what what he meant to you, uh, what he meant to the business, and and your overall thoughts on Roddy Piper. He was just. An, an angry villain. I mean, I, I can't really find the words to sum up what he was, but he was just somebody that you tuned in to want to see get beaten up. You just wanted to see Andre the Giant or the Junkyard Dog or Hulk Hogan just beat him up because he was Mr. Mouth. He was Rowdy Roddy Piper. I mean, he talked a great game, but when it got down to it in, in, in the ring, you know, you wanted to see him get his payback, you know, for for whatever garbage he was spewing on Piper's pit. And that just really drew me in as a fan because I really believed that he was Rowdy Roddy Piper. He was that guy. And that element just seems to be missing in in today's wrestling where you had you don't have people now that really really want to go the extra mile and be the bad guy where Roddy was the most hated man in wrestling and you believed it and when you watched it on TV you could feel his persona come through the TV screen and when you went to the live event to see him wrestle you could just feel the hatred that was directed towards him and you can't have a good hero without a good villain and whether it was Roddy's feud with Jimmy Superfly Snuka you had a great hero and a great villain and then after that was Roddy's feud with Hulk Hogan the same thing I don't think Wrestlemania or Hulkamania would have been as big without Roddy Piper because you need the villain and then 15 years later you Stone Cold would not have been as big if it wasn't for the villain, Mr. McMahon. And now, you know, you don't have that hated character where today, I guess over the past 10 years, you could say that John Cena is like, has the popularity uh, to an extent, a smaller extent of Hulk Hogan or Steve Austin, but John Cena has never had that villain to play off of. He hasn't had it. I mean, Hulk Hogan had play off of. He had the Iron Sheik to play off of. He had Bobby Heenan and the Heenan family to play off of. Stone Cold Steve Austin had Mr. McMahon to play off of. Mankind and um, The Rock. John Cena has had nobody to play off of. It's, you know, basically a one-man show. And you can't have a good hero if you don't have a good villain. And the WWE hasn't had a good villain in probably 15 years, which was 
you know, Mr. Mc, Mr. McMahon and then uh, Mankind and The Rock. So that that's what Roddy brought to the table in the mid to late 80s. Actually, he was, you know, the villain in the mid-80s, and he was the hero in the in the later 80s and 90s. But that was it, man. I mean, he was partly responsible for the, the golden era of wrestling in the mid to late 80s. So I'm curious, so as, as a teacher, you know, and, and you know, you you run the school, you run this promotion, and as a teacher, I mean, what is it like? I mean, do you find that you know, being a heel, uh, that it's it's a tough art to teach, that some people maybe just just need to be liked. Um, is is being a heel, being that true heel, uh, is it so, is it something even you can teach, or does there have to be something innate? Uh, in somebody, and you just need to to bring it out. Discuss as far as the teaching aspect. Um, can you create a good heel? Or is it something that someone needs to just have uh, within them? No, you either have it or you don't. And if you do have it, there's some aspects that can be learned or taught over time. But you can't just, you know, be the generic heel where oh, well, I'm going to come out and I'm going to insult the audience. Great, anybody can do that the mailman that delivers the mail to the IWF center can be on the show and come out and insult the crowd. All right, great. What are you going to do after that? So it's just something you have to have in you, whether your character is liked by the fans or hated by the fans. You have it or you don't, whether you're going to be the hero or the villain. And if you do have it, you can pick up, you know, different aspects of, performing to keep that hatred from the fans alive, uh, studying old matches, but you just have to be yourself. And the moves don't matter. They, they really don't. And the times I've seen a WWE, it's just two guys in the ring doing moves. I mean, it's really a shame as to what the WWE product has degenerated to. It just looks like bad independent wrestling with really awesome lighting and really cool graphics. But it's it's flips, it's tables, it's dives to the floor. Well, that doesn't get heel heat, and it doesn't make you well-liked. And it's just developing that in-ring character that is going to determine whether the fans like you or don't like you. Nothing you do in the ring, as far as moves, is going to determine how the fans feel about you because if the mainstream wrestling fan wanted to see moves, then Japanese wrestling would be on Monday nights, eight o'clock on USA network. And it's not because nobody wants to see flips, but unfortunately that's all the WWE is. I mean, let me ask you, I mean, you you know, I mean, is it fixable then? You know, I mean, and I hear no. you because some of the things that I, I miss in wrestling is that whole black and white. Like, I, I like it. To me, when wrestling is at its greatest, it's a morality sure. play. You know, that's that's a wrestling yeah. is a morality play. And, you know, it, it, you have a lot of guys, that, like you've said it, you know, you don't have a lot of good heels. You have a lot of guys that are tweeners. Uh, a lot of guys that almost shy away from the heat because they kind of want to be liked. Um, and, it, and it, for me, as I'll agree with you, it, it kind of gives you like a, a muddied storyline where... I, I kind of like hating somebody. As a kid, I, I wanted sure. to be killed. Um, you know, <laughs> like uh, for us growing up, it was whether it's Piper, the Iron Sheik, uh, even to a lesser extent, but guys like Don Morocco. Um, I mean, you want. I mean, you wanted blood. I mean, you wanted to see these guys get killed. Um, 
is it fixable? I mean, is there a direction that we could see things change and go and go, uh, you know, back at least? You know, you can't go all the way back, but tweak it at least where maybe there's a happy medium somewhere, or or is it just a lost cause? I think it's a lost cause because you've had something come along and replace wrestling, which is UFC, and that's what the mainstream average guy is watching because wrestling wrestling is just not cool. It's it's out. It's yesterday. It's corny. UFC is is it? It's cool. It seems to be the in thing these days. Uh, you go to a, a restaurant or a bar on a Saturday night. They got UFC on. No cool establishment is airing wrestling. I mean, it just doesn't. You go to Hooligans, TGI Fridays, uh, any bar, any nightclub. When UFC pay-per-view is on, that thing is on at 9 o'clock. Does any place air wrestling pay-per-views anymore? No, because it's not cool. It's hip. People would would make funny faces like they just bit on a lemon if they saw that on TV because it's a joke. And there's millions of fans like myself that have just never put it back on no matter what they do because those fans have just been lost. I mean, the, the fact that now they only have 3 million people watching on Monday nights, which still is is pretty good, but when you think about it, it's the lowest ratings they've had in 17 years, and they have no competition, and there's no secondary. Where did these fans go? They're not watching another wrestling product. They're just not watching wrestling at all. So wrestling has always been sports entertainment. I get it. There was always the Hulk Hogan vitamins and the Hulk Hogan workout set and the Junkyard Dog action figures. Cindy Lauper was involved in the 80s. I get it. It always was sports entertainment. But now it's 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 not even entertaining. I don't know what it is. And I'm not the only one that's confused by what it is that they're trying to do. Because, I mean, even if you just go back 15 years ago, you had four, five, six million people watching Raw on a Monday night. Plus, Nitro was on at the same time getting like two, three, four million people. So it used to be like... 10, 11, 12 million people watching wrestling at the same time on a Monday night. Now there's only 3 million. Where did those 7 million people go? They're gone. They're not coming back. And that's why it's good for, you know, what we do is, you know, there's only one way to present wrestling, and it's logical. It's good against evil. You don't tune in to watch wrestling or go to a wrestling show to think. You just want to be, you just want to know the story. I like him. I don't like him. I want to see him beat him up. And it has to be that simple. The same thing when you go to watch a movie or a TV show, you don't pull out a notebook. You're not studying. There's not a quiz at the end where they're going to quiz you as to what's going on. You need to, the storytellers need to tell you the story right away. It needs to be clear, concise, and, and logical. I mean, look at the NFL. Everybody hates the New England Patriots. Why? They're villains. They cheat all the time. All right. They're, the New England Patriots are pro wrestling heels. Why is Donald Trump number one in the presidential ratings? All he does is cut wrestling promos. It it works. You know, the, the WWE, it looks like bad high school acting. It looks like the senior benefit show, you know, that the, the juniors and seniors put on, where it's just brutal. You know, what happened to, like, not that all the speaking has to be yelling and screaming, but, you know, you just need some, some hype, some energy. You need good guys and you need bad guys. That's the only way it's going to work, and there are none. I mean, do, are you threatened by the big show when he's on the TV? Do you feel fearful of Kane? No, they, and it's not the fault of the talent at all. 
but they've just ruined Kane and Big Show, and these are two guys that should be taken seriously as villains. And when they come out, they're a joke. They're a joke. It's a laughing stock. I mean, it really takes a lot of time and effort to ruin two seven-foot guys where the crowd just giggles when they come out and groans. And it's just, you know, sports entertainment. What are you going to do? Well, and then you, I mean, you made it now. I mean, it's your life's work, and then you do some quality work uh, over there at the IWF, and uh, looking forward to this weekend. I, one thing i got to ask you, though, it's incredible. And you guys, you know, again, come out, support IWF, support independent wrestling. Um, but it, it's pretty incredible to watch Kevin operate uh, because Kevin is a promoter slash teacher slash wrestler slash sound guy. Uh, to watch Kevin, you know, run a show as well as teaching, I mean, I know people that wear different hats. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone wear as many hats as as you do. I mean, do, do you enjoy it? Is it fun? Is it, is it passion? I mean, it seems like a lot of work when I watch you, uh, everything you do uh, in a show uh, for IWF. Uh, what is it like for you wearing all these different hats? Uh, it's just, I mean, I've gotten used to uh, doing everything. I mean, we're doing two or three shows a month every month for however many years you just kind of get accustomed to everything that that has to be done and you know we just present the events so that the fans have a good time i mean the fans are the judges as to whether or not an event is successful so i try to present you know our group we try to present the event in a way that that I would enjoy it, or the wrestling fan that doesn't watch WWE, how would they enjoy a wrestling show, not sports entertainment? And that's just our goal is to provide an alternative because there there's some fans that come to our events that can't afford to go to the WWE events. Then we have another group of fans that don't watch WWE or current wrestling on TV anymore. So we try to present a wrestling event that you can't really see anymore just with some updated technology. And, you know, I'm just used to wearing all the different hats, but it's stuff that I've learned over the years from the superstars and legends that, that have come in and, given us the seminars and the different wrestling clinics and just different things that I see and in, in my years of watching wrestling as well too is you know what would the audience enjoy and there's just a certain way to do things and the main thing is is that unless it's one of your big you know our show this uh, Saturday night we'll also have a honky talk band and bushwhacker Luke wrestling on the show this Saturday after they do the seminar for us on Wednesday, that show will be a little bit longer than two hours. You know, we have our big legends of twice a year. So those shows go about two hours and 15 minutes, two and two and a half hours. But our normal events go two hours and that's all it should be. People don't want to sit through 13 matches, four and a half hours, just, you know, injuring the retina of the audience that's sitting there watching this awful show you go to the movie if that movie's not wrapped up in hour and 45 minutes two hours you're getting bored you're ready to leave you know baseball games as much as i'm a Met fan it can be brutal sitting there watching game after game if there's nothing on the line or the game in july when it's 100 degrees outside and that game is going 
three, three and a half, four hours. I mean, football's perfect right at three hours, but your favorite team only plays once a week, so you can put up with three hours once a week. So just try to keep it short and sweet, keep the fans in mind, and give them a product that they can't find anywhere else. It's good stuff. And, again, before we let you go, uh, you guys want to come out and see RWF. Give uh, give our fans all the information so they can get tickets and come out and see uh, the Honky Tonk Man and Bushwhacker Luke. Yeah, it's Shake, Rattle, and Rumble this Saturday night, 8 p.m. at IWF Wrestling Center in Nutley, New Jersey. It's just about sold out already, so if anybody else wants tickets, you can just go to our uh, website, CampIWF.com, to grab the tickets. And then all the information, too, you, can, you know, if you go on uh, – Ken's Twitter or my Twitter, uh, you'll find us. Very good. Looking forward to, to the seminar as well as the show this weekend. Kevin, thanks for spending some time with us, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Anytime, Ken. Thank you. Take it easy, brother. Bye-bye. And there you have it, Mr. Kevin Knight, promoter slash sound guy slash teacher slash... You know it's amazing, Dave? I was actually I was at a show where as he's like in the back running things and he, he plays his own music and he's got like the fog machine remote control like in his hand and he's controlling his own fog on the way out. So it's pretty incredible to watch, uh, you know, him just basically run everything uh, back there. I know we had talked to Steve off about the, the different hats being a promoter as well as a wrestler. Uh, you know, Kevin's got a couple more hats over there. So it's, it's pretty impressive, but they do put on good shows. Um, I would agree with them. I, I, you know, some of the independent shows uh, they do go a little long. Um, you know, two hours is a good good length of time for a wrestling show. And uh, this weekend, uh, you got Bushwhacker Luke and uh, the Honky Tonk Man. They're going to be together. Uh, they're going to be in a tag team match, from what I understand. Of course, card is subject to change, but a uh, little known fact that the Honky Tonk Man and Bushwhacker Luke actually they were tag team champions. I don't know a lot about this promotion, but in Ultimate Championship Wrestling, they uh, won the tag team title over there, the UCW Tag Team Championship once. So no stranger to teaming together. So those legends will be a force to be reckoned with. And there you have it, Kevin Knight. Check out CampIWF.com for your tickets to Shake, Rattle, and Rumble. And we're a little late, but better late than never. It is time right now for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Thank you, and good evening. You know it's that time. Time to be informed on all the comings and goings in professional wrestling. This is the Day 5, brought to you in part by 1640 PWPR, Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network. Search for us on iTunes at 1640 PWPR and indulge yourself on a buffet, if you will, of professional wrestling podcasts. Now, let's get into the news this week. WWE star Daniel Bryan revealed in an interview with IGN this week that WWE medical personnel are looking into sending him to another neurologist for a third test to determine his in-ring future. Bryan made note of being cleared with no limitations by a neurologist out of Phoenix, same doctor who was hired by the NFL for last year's Super Bowl. He did also note that WWE is still skeptical clearing him giving his concussion history, so they will they will still not clear him, but he's optimistic that with his results from his last test that he will be cleared by this doctor, which would make it the second doctor to clear him. However, in the event, in the event that WWE decides not to clear Brian, 
he did state that he would be open to returning to the indie scene. He expressed interest in working working the Lucha Libre style, as well as his fascination for working a mask versus hair match, which is a popular stipulation in the Lucha Libre style. Bryant didn't give a timetable for his third round of tests upcoming. Former TNA television champion and tag champ Gunner revealed in an interview with Channel Guide magazine this week that he's very interested in a run with WWE. Since his release from TNA, Gunner has publicly made mention of the subject on numerous occasions. Now, in this interview, Gunner revealed that there are some talks between the two sides and that he's hopeful that it comes to pass, but that is all we know at this time. More on this story excuse me, as it develops. In a follow-up story I posted last week here on the Day 5, PW Insider confirms that Season 2 of the highly popular Lucha Underground will begin filming episodes of television on November the 14th. It's also been confirmed that the season is expected to begin airing sometime in January of 2016 on the El Rey Network. DailyWrestlingNews.com is reporting that WWE's NXT brand is expected to get even more exposure on WWE TV heading into WrestleMania season. It's expected that the brand will have a presence on the WrestleMania 32 card with a match of some kind, possibly a title match. Along with a live event on the Friday before Mania, as well as a strong showing during the Fan Access convention, NXT is looking to become one of the staples of WWE programming even further. There is also some talk of having some NXT talents show up on WWE programming to accept John Cena's U.S. Open Challenge. The idea behind this move is for these talents to get some mainstream WWE TV exposure. Rounding out our news this week, several major wrestling media outlets have reported that John Cena, who I spoke of in my last story, is looking to take some time off from WWE programming after this month's Hell in the Cell event. Allegedly, Cena is taking time off for personal reasons, and he had asked for this time off around SummerSlam. Cena is currently not advertised for the Raw following Hell in the Cell. He's been taken off the Halloween weekend live events, several Raw and live events in November, and he's no longer listed for WWE's upcoming European tour in the beginning of November. Cena is expected to be out for six weeks, but that could change if the company feels they need him back due to sagging ratings. No exact return has been advertised, but some say we should expect Cena to return to WWE TV in December. And there you have it. Thank you for tuning in to another fun-filled and informative edition of the Day 5550 News Report. For a transcript of tonight's news update, you can head on over to both 1640 PWPR Facebook page as well as the Ken Reedy Show Facebook page. In case you missed anything, or if I spoke too fast, or if you fell asleep listening to our show, because that's actually happened before. Not going to name any names. Anyhow, until next week, I'm Dave Brooklyn Lewis, signing off. That was awesome. Yeah, not, not mentioning any names, but caller, are you there? <laughs> uh, Caller. <laughs> Try not to take that as an insult. I know. It's but it's only happened once. I guess that's a good thing. We've had a lot of firsts on this show.
Yeah, we have. Let's go out to the phones. We got some people who have been on hold for a little bit. We got Mike who's on the line. Mike, how are you doing this evening? Hey, good guys. How are you guys? We are doing all right. Man, I tell I tell I tell you, uh, what do you call it? listening to Kevin listening to Kevin and I talk about the WWE is wild. It's like wow. Holy cow, did he go off on a tangent. Oh, yeah, well, you know, I think he brings up good points. So, I mean, there is a, you know, when you look at those, and, and it, I, I think it's a good point when you look at a guy like John Cena and the response he's gotten over the years from the, the WWE, the universe, you know, the crowd, the fans, um, where, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a really good point that, you know, like what, how would the crowd be reacting if there was – a Roddy Piper in his prime uh, doing heel work opposite John Cena. Um, you know, if there was a Mr. McMahon character that really was was garnering that heat opposite John Cena for the bulk of his career. And that's, um, yeah. I thought it was a really interesting point that, yeah, I mean, there's not that, you know, growing up for, for us, like there were a lot of guys that it was it was a visceral hatred. I mean, you really wanted to see, uh, something bad happened to these people, and uh, I, I don't know if you get that. I, I think uh, you got a guy like Seth Rollins, who is, is a bit of a throwback, and we'll see how his career evolves. But I think he's got that. Uh, I don't know if he's really like you know hated, hated like those those great heels of yesteryear. Uh, I think he's moving in the right direction, um, but it is intriguing when you think about John Cena and how he's booed. Uh, maybe a, a Someone like really garnering some heat would have helped them, but uh, interesting points. Yeah, well, it's it's just like the '90s when they started booing Hulk Hogan because they got tired of Hogan with the with the with the whole ear thing and and everything. And I mean, it's typical to me. It sounded, I mean, and then Kevin and then Kevin Knight said something that was like. He he dashed WWE, and then all of a sudden he he, he like woke up and in, in, in from that and said and and said. Gee, uh, you know, gee, um, what do you call it? They have no competition. Of course they don't have any competition. If he's still listening, Kevin, of course they don't have any competition because they're, they're number one in their rate. They're number one right now. You know, yeah, Raw was a low rating in 17 years, but you know what? Every every day, every day people like me, like you guys, I mean, you know, we're, we're true wrestling fans. I'm not saying he's not, but I'm just saying he's, he's right to a certain extent. But then again, if you look at what he and then and how it sounded to me, it just all like turned it around and um, just like listening to him, it just sounded like he's a regular pr- promoter to me. I mean, this is what this guy does, and he's a wrestler. So I mean, I give him a lot of credit. I like Kevin, but I just it, tonight I was like turned off by by anybody that bash you know that talks bad about WWE. But you know, he he does have a a point. But I gotta tell you, I was down at Madison Square Garden. This weekend, and that show was a great show from top to bottom. But the you know we got down there early because I like to watch the wrestlers go in the building, and I got to see wrestlers that I haven't seen in years. I got to see Lance Storm, I got to see Joey Styles, I got to see Brad Maddox. <laughs> Brad, Brad Maddox was so funny because he just walked up to people and and he was signing autographs and and um. And he was just the nicest guy, but um, you know, watching watching that crowd, you know, 
it's so funny. You're like, you know, you're supposed to hate Brock Lesnar, and here are these fans that cheer for Brock Lesnar, and they're and they're basically booing the Big Show, and it's it's so sad to see that. I mean, we've seen it, we've seen it coming up, the evolution. We've seen that with a lot of wrestlers, but Brock Lesnar, they loved him. Hey, by the way, Dave, how was your weekend with the WWE? I seen on Facebook you went to Caroline's. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I went with my brother to. Uh, I, I met Dolph Ziggler. He met Seth Rollins. Uh, it was pretty. You know, it was a nice experience. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it was pretty quick. They kind of rush you out of there. I only really got to, uh, you know, talk to him for about a minute. And what we talked about was really unrelated to wrestling. I made a comment about his new shirt that he has out, which is similar to. It's inspired by the uh, the Van Halen logo, and he totally. Agreed. He even made a joke that he's expecting Van Halen's lawyers to sue uh, for, for copyright. And then we talked about, of all things, uh, you know, Converse Chuck Taylor sneakers because he he wears a pair of Converse and I wear a pair of Converse. And uh, he noticed mine. He thought they were pretty cool looking. And yeah. And then he signed the picture. He he took a picture with me. And then it was you know on to the next next person. So it was pretty quick. But yeah, it was it was nice time. It was pretty cool. Hey Dave, I was gonna say, Dave, you gotta tell that story. That story about the guy that was wearing shorts. I thought was so funny. I I, I read it okay. on your Facebook. Go ahead. Okay. Well, we're we're out. It's raining out. You know, it's about <laughs> nine o'clock in the morning, and there's probably a few hundred people that, that in this line to get in, and it spreads like around two blocks. Um, and uh, there's a guy who's I'd probably say about. We're close, I'm 32. So probably close to my age, um, if if not, he's at my age, and he's he's holding about three or four uh, championship belts, and um, he's wearing a, a hooded sweatshirt and basketball shorts, gym shorts and sneakers. We're in early October; it's not summer weather anymore. It's raining outside in windy New York City, and he's complaining how cold it is, and that the promoter at the event should be mindful of the people having to wait outside and he's bitching about the cold weather. Meanwhile, he's the same, excuse my language, asshole that's wearing gym <laughs> shorts in October in the pouring rain at an autograph session, and you're the dummy carrying three championship belts. Well, thank <laughs> you for that, lot. Dave, because, Dave, you had me rolling. I was laughing. I said, I said, wait, I said, I said, way to go. This is what Dave's talking about. I said, Dave went to Carolina to meet these wrestlers, <laughs> Here he is talking about some idiot outside. That's funny, Dave. That was great. It was great. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Um, what do you call Ken? I gotta give you some respect, man. I heard what you were saying about about you know age and stuff. And you know what? You could do this, man. You you definitely. I was thinking about that. I said, I wonder how come he never thought about doing it. But I know you had a little couple of issues health wise, but I'm I'm sure. That you'll do fine. I, I I could see it in your future. So good luck to you Dr. on that. Ferrara. Yeah, I, Dr. Ferrara. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. You know, I figured like you know at this age after two knee surgeries, it seems like the perfect time to start my wrestling career. So yeah, yeah, right. You <laughs> never <laughs> the first chop. But I I gotta say this though, we we um we walk out of Madison Square Garden, and you and you know and everybody loves I I love that area so I'm we're, we're going home and I made a joke I said imagine if we run into wrestlers you know so my girlfriend my girlfriend and the son go 
oh, is that wrestlers up ahead of us? And it was Charlotte and Becky Lynch, and we were going to the light. So, so I said, can we take a picture with you? So Charlotte goes, sure, pumpkin, you know, talking to my friend, my girl son. And she took a picture with them. So I said, hey, Charlotte, how was your dad? And she goes, you know something? What? You're like the 20 person today to ask me how my, my dad is. I said, I said, really? She said, yeah. She said, thank you. She said, he's really good. Thank you. So I, she goes, were you a long-time Rip Flair fan? I said, yep. I said, but I like you. I think you're very, you're, you're, you're very good in the ring. And congratulations on winning the belt. And she said, you know, cool. And then Becky Lynch said, what's up to us? And then, then that was it. And basically they went on their way. But I tell you, you know, going to a show like this, and the seats that we had was unbelievable. I mean, and I and I just wanted wrestling all night, and I could have stayed there another all night. It was just the best for me. I mean, John Cena versus Seth Rollins, that was the show. It was good. But for for, for the night, for me, that stole the show, um, I have to say Kevin Owens versus Jericho was really good. Kevin Owens, as a heel, he's unbelievable. Yeah, you know, and you're right. I mean, he's another guy that you, you wonder, you know, down the road a piece when we talk about heels. Um, you know, I think Owens is, is kind of a guy that's a little bit of a throwback who has that, you know, um, he doesn't come out and try to be liked or anything. You know, he's a he's a true heel. Um, you know, it, it's another guy. It'd be interesting to see how his, his career develops going forward and uh you know, if he's really that like hated, hated vile kind of heel, but uh, he's, he's moving. People in the love right him. I, people love him. I don't know. The more, the more he, the more he does underhanded things, the more people cheer for him. He's another guy that's getting cheered. It's crazy. It's like what would happen if Macho Mary Andy Savage dropped the bell on Ricky Steamboat? We go press his larynx, and people would 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 cheer him. I mean, it's crazy. You're right. You know, is. I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys remember this, but you know, you know, um, Jake the Snake Roberts did a DDT to Hulk Hogan one time during when they had the show when when they had the Snake Pit, and I heard that they had to redo it because people were chanting DDT, DDT. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I heard it's definitely an interesting. You know, it's a different era right now, and it's um, you know, they do. I mean, they they go right out there and. Uh, you know, they tell you it's scripted, you know, and, and it's uh, they don't do a lot to really try to push the, the believability factor. And you don't have – and I wonder, like – I know we're older, and that, that might be part of it. I, I do wonder sometimes if kids watching wrestling um, have moments. Like, I mean, I remember when Andre turned on Hogan. It was like a punch to the gut. Oh. No, Andre. I mean, I was right there with Hogan. I mean, I, I just – you know, no, Andre, why are you here with him? I mean, I was – I was going through. Hogan was articulating everything I was feeling in that moment, uh, you know. And or like you said, you know, when when Steamboat came down, when uh, Macho Man came down on Steamboat's throat, you know, I was like, oh my god, you know. And uh, you know, I do wonder, scared, like, the young fans sorry, now, do do they get that that visceral reaction? Do they 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 are they emotionally invested uh, in these characters like like we were growing up? I mean, I get it. You get older, you get. You know, a little jaded. You've seen so much of it, so um, I get that aspect of things. But I do, I do wonder if if that's even present now in, in younger fans. Do they get, or is it just a big show? You know, and they yeah, don't get. Yeah, and, and what, what scared me, what scared me was when um, I was going to say Pratt. No, what scared me was when Bruno San Martino, he had the 
red jacket and he was interviewing Macho Man and he you know, he Macho Man said he was happy about it, you know, what he did and then it started a program with Bruno San Martino it was like, Wow, Bruno, you really stuck up for Ricky Steamboat and you really you know, and it was I believed it. I mean, I got the punch in the gut when Macho turned on Hogan. That's what really got me. That was the punch in the in the gut for me because it's like, why Macho? Why? You know, all of a sudden now Hulk Hogan's going to go into WrestleMania, try to get his belt back, try to you know be the man again. And 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 Macho Man, I tell you, without the Pipers, without the Hogans, without the Owens, there's no without the Rollins, there's no heel for your for your face. I mean, otherwise you're just seeing you know good guys versus. Good guys. Just like New Day. New Day is a perfect example of great heels. That's another thing. I was very happy to see New Day versus the Dudleys. I love the Dudley boys. Uh, you know, I was happy when, when I saw Bubba Ray and, and Devon, and uh, it was great. I was, I was, we want tables. You know, <laughs> of course, there was some moron in the back saying save the tables, but yeah. whatever, you know. I, I just, uh, you know. But uh, before I go, I just got to tell you, Friday night, you know, we're doing. They're doing the pro wrestling is magic, so I can't wait. Good stuff. The magic. I can't wait, TV man. Wrestling. I can't wait. You know, magic and magic and storm force are teaming up together. It's crazy. A six man tag with my man magic and the storm force. It's gonna be nice. outrageous. It's gonna right, be outrageous. Thank, thank you so much for okay, the call. Okay, guys, I'll talk to you soon. You got it. Talk to you next week. Take you got it, brother. Mike Frost. Stick with the phones. We have a. Uh, don't really recognize this number. It's an 845 number, so we're going to go out to Mr. 845. <laughs> and it's loading. Are you there, caller? I am here. Oh, this Rocky? Yeah, this is. How many phones do you have, man? <laughs> I'm calling you for the same number, buddy. <laughs> oh, God. So so many pointed comments. It's been a, it's been a true interesting show thus far. <laughs> You know, uh, you know. Far be it from me to uh, question the wisdom of someone who has the years in the business that Kevin does. And honestly, I can agree with some of his points because it almost goes back to the conversations that we've had about the death of kayfabe and what it's done to the product. Also, more to your point before, as far as you know, characters that you can invest yourself in. I think. I would place the blame a little bit on the information age on that because back in the day, you never really had an idea if someone was going to throw a swerve in, someone's going to do a face turn, someone's going to do a heel turn. This day and age with the leaks and the Internet and this, just the, the way information spreads like wildfire, it makes something like that you know, real hard to maintain. But yeah, uh, I, I mean, I agree with you. You know, it's... It, it's one of those things that I, I think when it comes to some of the stuff, and, and I think, you know, most, if not all, of Kevin's points were, were on, they're on the money. Um, for for me as a fan, like, I'm, I'm the type of wrestling fan that um, I'd rather watch bad wrestling than no wrestling. Um, you know, I still enjoy um, wrestling. You know, I enjoy pro wrestling, sports entertainment. I mean, it, it's fun. It's large, large and light characters. Um do I enjoy this era as much as other eras? Probably not. Um, Kevin's just the type of person, I, I think the stuff that bothers him bothers a lot of fans, bothers me. Uh, but I'm the type that'll kind of put up with it and keep watching. Kevin, you know, that those things were important enough to him 
not to watch anymore. Um, but the point is, and it is a good point when you when you get to uh, an area now where uh, Monday Night Raw is, uh, you know, has a historically low ratings. Um, it, it is something to look at. Uh, we know the WWE and Monday Night Raw when it goes against Monday Night Football, we get it. There's going to be a dip in the ratings, and we get it. So every year you're going to have that dip in the ratings. But when your ratings be, start to, to move into that historical context, um, that, that is at least cause, I'm not saying that the ship is sinking and the WWE is going to go under by next year. You know, I'm not, but it's at least cause for concern uh, to look at what's happening. And I'm curious your thoughts on this, Rocky, because I know you're another like old school fan. And, and one of my, my feelings right now on pro wrestling, um, especially with the WWE and, and their product and, and the PG and, and everything, that I do feel like, and Kevin's a prime example, that people like us, uh, as wrestling fans, are, are going to die off. Uh, I, I do, when I look at the WWE, and I think when, when Kevin says things like, you know, the, there are 7 million people that were watching, you know, where are they now? And, and he's right, they're not going to TNA, they're not watching TNA, so those those people are gone. Um, I, I just feel like what we're, we're building now is, is a, what the WWE is kind of built is, is a product that you will get into maybe five, six, seven years old. You'll remain a fan until maybe 13, 14 years old, and then it was something you watched as a kid. I I, I look at the product now as I, I don't know how many fans they're building um, for the future. I mean, maybe they'll bring, you know, they'll bring their kids to it, but I don't know how many people like us are going to exist down the road a piece. I feel like that's where they... And that's where you're, you're losing people because people are just aging out, kind of. Um, you know, that's my theory. I'm not basing it on any fact or anything. That's so what I look at, it and I do wonder. You know, when you look at you know fan fests and legend fests and things like that, and you go and you you want to go and meet a J.J. Dillon, a, a Hulk Hogan, a, a Ric Flair, an Arn Anderson, a Jimmy Snuka. You know, and those are all like these legends. I mean, are we gonna, you know, a kid right now that's like 10 years old? watching wrestling when he's in his 40s is he going to want to go to a legends show to meet Dolph Ziggler or uh, Seth Rollins I mean I, I would guess maybe John Cena but is, is it going to have that same sort of context I I wonder I, I don't know I'm curious your thoughts Rocky well yeah I, you know what I think it goes to something else Kevin had said and this is where one of my opinions diverge because you know when you talk about wrestling back in the 80s, like, granted, the story was simple. It was good versus evil. And we we loved the story. We kept coming back for more. But as society itself changed, we're, you know, we're going to get deep in here because now we're going to get societal. As society changed, we looked more to the anti-hero, and we had the rise of Steve Austin, and we had the rise of the tweeners. And, you know, that was... And that really caused people, you know, turn the turn the channel and see what was going on. And in the future, I think you have to have, you know, I'm going to put this on creative because the talent, the talent on the roster can, they will do what you ask of them. They have the talent, they can pull it off. But you need a, a you need a creative team that, for lack of a better phrase, is able to read the crowd, not only at events, but a society in general. 
because where I diverge with Kevin, I know Kevin, you know, in his opinion, he he really goes for the realism and he really looks for it to be a fight. But if you look at wrestling from a cultural standpoint, like because he was saying, if you want flips, go you know go to this channel. But you know what? If you look at at Lucha Libre in Mexico, that's one of their mainstays. That's what carries the show. And if you look to Japan, it's technical wrestling that you know that the crowd can't get can't get enough of. And in my feeling, it's only going to be with a blend of that. And really looking at to the, the the pulse of society, so to speak, to read what story does society want to hear, and you got to tell that story, plain and simple. Yeah, I mean it's a good point. I do think you know a lot of us are in agreement that you know we probably should get uh, a little less with the TV writers in there and a little more with uh, you know, maybe these legends uh, and more control creative in the back there, but. Uh, you know, it's again. I, I I think you know, and I want Dave. I want you to chime in here too. It's you know, ratings. You know, you look at them, and again, the ship's not sinking. It's not time to panic. The WWE is a multi-billion-dollar company. Um, you know, it, it's it's fun. It, it you know, and it, it's great internet fodder. You know, ratings at an all-time low. You see it everywhere. The dirt sheets all pick up on it. I get it. Um, the the company's not going under. Uh, but I do think that it's not panic time, but when your ratings are historically low, it's at least time to maybe sit down and say, all right, you know, do we, do we need to tweak a few things? Um, you know, anytime in, in any sort of business, whatever you're measuring your product by, when it, it gets to historically bad numbers, it's at least cause for concern. Your thoughts, Dave? You know, there's a couple points I want to make here. First of all, you mentioned earlier what would it have been like if John Cena um, had faced a heel like a Roddy Piper. Um, and Kevin talked about how, uh, you know, John Cena's, uh, you know, he wouldn't have been booed so much and if he had a good heel to work with. Well, I, I agreed with that to a certain extent, but there were some pretty good heels that were that tried their hardest and and did whatever they damn well could to make themselves hated as a rival to John Cena, but the wrestling audience just was turned off by John Cena, the character itself. And one of those names in particular is Edge. Edge did nothing to adhere to the audience or nothing to pander to the audience to, 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 to get them to like him in any way, shape, or form when he was going up against John Cena. I think... The wrestling fans in that particular time, I think the fan base changes, too. you got to understand, like, each era has had its highs, and then there's been eras that have been in the lows. You know, we talked about the 80s and the, and the rock and wrestling era and how it was on such a big high in the golden age of wrestling, a lot of people call it, okay? Well, when that era started to die down, and it was going into the early 90s, and we saw the, the early 90s, see more of the, the, the cartoon characters, the mid-90s with that new generation era, you know, those a lot of the, the fans from the 80s, they stopped watching that, okay? But you still had a fan base, okay? There was a hardcore fan base, kind of like us. Bad wrestling is better than no wrestling, okay? It's not like this is the first era of wrestling where it's, like, so bad that, like, you you, you need to call for panic because, let's face it, 
when we when we think of mid '90s World Wrestling Federation television, we could probably name three or four guys on that roster that were worth watching, and everybody else had a terrible gimmick that was that was attached to an occupation. You had a plumber, a dentist, a, a garbage man, a clown. Okay, this isn't the first time that there's been an era of wrestling where people have considered it bad. Okay, that's just in my opinion. I truly don't think that the old-school wrestling fans like us are going to keep further and further and further distancing themselves from the product. I think there will be some, but I don't think all of them will further and further distance themselves from the product. Because when I go to shows, especially WWE shows, I'll mingle and I'll talk with people, and I'll talk with people my age that bring their young kids that are six, seven years old that have gotten them into the product. And, the, and the, 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 the guys that are my age that are bringing their kids, they've been watching since I was, you know, three, four years old in the era of Hogan or Sam Martino or when wrestling was at a golden age. So my opinion personally, I just don't think we will see old school wrestling fans shy away from the product as much as Kevin Knight seems to think that, that that's the case. He, he said, you know, 10 million people used to watch wrestling on a Monday night. Well, you know, there's more forms of entertainment out there. Wrestling's not just competing with wrestling anymore. Wrestling's competing with sports. Wrestling is competing with MMA. Wrestling's competing with other television shows and drama and, and comedies and stuff like that. It's a different era. It's a different market for entertainment. Wrestling is just a small piece of that, in my opinion. You know, he made some valid points. I will, I will go on, on record as saying that Kevin Knight made some valid points. And he's entitled to his opinion because he's got some years in the business. But... To me, it just came off like a big bashing fest as far as, like, the actual product goes, which he's entitled to, but I don't know. I just think it's – I think it's it, – in some ways it can be too critical. It's just, I guess, it's like one – like, again, one of the – what you're willing to put up with. And, and it's interesting that you brought up the, the mid-'90s because, for me as a wrestling fan, I stopped then. I, I did get away from wrestling. And it was that, that quintessential moment of Hogan turning that, that brought me back. Um, so, you, you know, I, and, you know, you do wonder, those people who have left, uh, will something happen to, to bring them back? And you're right. I mean, you can oversimplify uh, the reason for, for uh, you know, ratings dropping. But, yeah, there's, there's lots of other forms of entertainment out there. There's lots of other things to do. There's, uh, you know, that, that's just the way it is. Um, but you know, it's just it's interesting when when you keep seeing like you know a report comes out that Raw was historically low in the ratings, and then the following week it's lower. Um, you know, and again, it's not just a simple fix. It's not just well, like you know, let's let's have better heels. And no, it's it's uh, you know we've talked at nauseum on this show about the three hours. I mean, there's there's a lot of things uh, that that contribute to this, but. Uh, uh, you do wonder how concerned uh, the WWE is. I mean, as far as you rock, I mean, you watch the product, you stick with it. I mean, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, you wind up talking, and, and even on the show, we talk about, geez, that segment was awful, or this, you know, this and that didn't work. Um, you know, uh, I mean, what would you do if you want, if you were going to tweak Raw or tweak the WWE product? What's one change you would put in place that you think would at least uh, help the product overall? Uh, well, uh, you know, like you said, Ken, we've had these conversations over and over again. There are a couple of things I would tweak. First, you know, first off, you know, three hours is a lot of programming to put on. So right off the bat, we if we knock that down to two hours, you know, back 
the way it was, I think you'd have a much easier time. However, I can see where they went to the three-hour format considering all the talent because now they're utilizing NXT talent, so they want a platform to showcase all of them. So push that to the side. As far as with the current product, you know, I think it's important because we've both talked about it. As far as back in the old days when they pretty much – let the cuffs off these guys. You know, don't give them so much of a, you know, to give them a 10-page script and say, okay, go out there and go over every every last word. You know, you're confining them too much. You, you're, you're, it's confining, it's confusing. Do away with it. Let these guys, I, I think one of the reasons why New Day has catapulted the way they have, if you watch the, uh, that, the, I forgot the name of the show, the three, you know, three dinner, basically all three members sitting down to dinner, just watching them interact. And you can tell simply from that interaction what kind of personalities these guys have. And I, you know, I could be wrong, but it's my personal feeling that somebody in creative just watched these three guys, you know, just interacting, going back and forth with each other and say, you know what, guys? Take whatever it is you're doing right now, go out there and do that. Because I, I just find it hard to I find it hard to believe that somebody in creative told Xavier Woods, you know what I think would be great if you did? If you grab this trombone over there and go walk out there and play it. I, I highly doubt that someone from Creative came up with that. I'm giving all that credit to Woods. You know, just get the cuffs off these guys. You know what? You're gonna have stuff that sinks. But you're going to have stuff that swims, and I, I get the feeling, especially with the talent that you've collected, you're going to get a lot more stuff than swims. It's a good point, you know, and you're not the first person to say that. Um, You know, just let the guys kind of go. Rocky's always good call tonight. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, talk to you next week. One thing before you let me go, Kev, uh, go, Ken. Just one thing I wanted to interject. This past Friday at the Alamo Draft House in Yonkers, I did get to see the uh, – the resurrection of Jake the Snake. And oh, yeah. I have to say, it was a rather intense movie. It chronicled you know, him going to DDP for help and chronicling his getting help all the way to when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame and that journey. And I have to say, it was pretty powerful stuff. And if any, anyone wants to check it out, jakethesnakemovie.com. It'll let you know where it's playing. In my, in my opinion, it was a great movie to see, and it was just great to see, you know, Jake get out of that dark place he was at and get back on his feet and get going. And he was actually there. Uh, him, Scott Hall, and DDP were at the Alamo Draft House, and it was just really good to see those guys, you know, up on their feet and doing well. Good stuff. Yeah, definitely got to check that out. Great stuff, Rocky. Thanks a lot for the call. Thank you, guys. Take it easy, brother. Yeah, I mean it's it's you know it's interesting and and you know Rocky not the first person I mean, we've talked about you know let let these guys go. It's funny they, I don't like when I think about New Day, I feel like I don't even think it was like creative being like yeah let 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 these guys go. I feel like they just didn't care. It was like three guys like hey, whatever said, go out go out there they, and do whatever you want. They have said like they at first they didn't really care about putting them you know doing something significant with them. They let them be together, and it was just kind of one of those. It was kind of one of those situations where it's almost like they just kind of, I mean, from what the stories I've heard is that the three of them approached management about them doing a gimmick and an idea, and 
management was like, okay, but they didn't really take it too seriously. And then when Vince got a hold of it, Vince wanted them to be, like, happy, positive, um, like, really overly positive. And and the, all three of them, like, in their minds, they, they said this. They didn't tell Vince this, but they said that, you know, in their minds they thought to themselves, this isn't going to work. Like, people aren't going to buy into this. They're just going to think it's cheesy and over-the-top and hokey, and they're going to boo us out of the building. And over time, that's eventually what happened. And then I guess the story I heard was that the morning of WrestleMania this past year, they went to Vince and they said, please, just let us turn heel. Like, I'm telling you, like, give us the ball. Let us turn heel. We can do this. And Vince actually agreed to. He said, fine. And that's when, you know, they had the tag match. They lost. But then the next night, all that stuff snowballed because they they knew that the audience was going to turn on them on the drop of a dime, especially those WrestleMania crowds. And look what's come of it since then. Um, so yeah, the, the story I've heard, the story I've heard is that they were they, they didn't really have any plans on doing anything with them, but they almost it, sometimes I feel like at least from the stories I hear, and they could all be true. Let's you know within you know take this with a grain of salt, but I feel like when they try to make somebody a good guy, that they like overdo it. It's almost like they give them the Rocky Maivia role, like. Let's make him this over-the-top, cheesy, good guy, and, you know, the people buy into it. But it seems like every time they've done that with certain guys that they, that they have planned on being the future of the company, the people will turn on them. And then they make for a better character when they're a bad guy. It's almost like they're, they're using the Rocky Maivia blueprint. That's a good point, the Rocky Maivia blueprint. I want to switch gears. Briefly, uh, you know, we've been all over the place tonight, um, but, uh, you know, and I know we don't talk about this often, but uh, uh, last year for us, uh, our independent, quote-unquote, independent wrestler of the year was Matt Hardy, um, basically because we we saw him as a pioneer in how he had changed the game uh, on the independent scene and, um, you know, almost like recreated himself and rededicated himself and... Uh, you know, lots of good stuff on the independent scene. Uh, Matt Hardy finds himself back on television. And last night, the new uh, TNA World Heavyweight Champion. So congratulations to Matt Hardy. Um, the interesting thing about this, I mean, you know, to, to geez, I, I mean, I want to think this is something good, but I, I, I don't know your thoughts, Dave, but I... I don't necessarily see this as a needle mover. I, I still think TNA is in trouble. I, I'm happy for Matt Hardy. It's cool for him to get a, a title of, of that magnitude, but um, I, I don't know. I just don't see it really changing much, Dave. I don't either. I truly don't. I think they. I think they are in trouble. Uh, we've talked about it on the show numerous times. Um, normally, when we talk TNA, it's not very good news. And uh, you know, based on the attendance on some of their live events the uncertainty of their future on television domestically here in the United States. Once again, deja vu. We're having this conversation a year later after we had this conversation last year before they were signed on with destination America. I just think that they're in a lot of trouble on that. And, you know, Matt Hardy, yes, he's a big name from the attitude era. He's one of the, 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 the pioneers in, in, you know, TLC and ladder matches and him and Jeff have done some extraordinary things as a tag team in their career and, in, in, in the, the the wrestling business, but um, at this stage in the game, like it's, I don't think it's doing. I don't think it's going to do anything to 
get more eyeballs to watch their product, I, to be quite honest with you. Um, I don't really know what's going to do that anymore, to be perfectly honest with you. I was kind of digging that EC3 was a champion because he was organically a homegrown star in a sense. And uh, I was really digging it. I was kind of hoping it was going to last a little longer. But I think they did it as a favor to him. You know, Matt Hardy's been very helpful in keeping TNA afloat. Um, from what I've heard, with, with bringing in some young talent, um, trying them out with TNA and just – being overall helpful as, a, as an agent, as a wrestler, um, really working hard to keep them afloat along with, you know, Jeff and Shane Hurricane Helms. But um, I think this was done as a favor to him and also because he really hasn't won a world title. That's something that's eluded his career, but I think it's too little too late, in my opinion, with this situation. Agreed. So it's like everything with TNA, it's like, yeah, congrats, Matt. <laughs> it's a poor TNA. Let's go because I think let's get some positivity because I I think this is Justin on the line here. We haven't talked to him in a while. Justin, are you there? Hi, can I miss you? Oh, it's Justin, the bastion of positivity is on the line. How are you tonight, Justin? Doing good. Can I miss you, man? Miss you too. How's how's things? You enjoying the wrestling? You watching the Monday Night Raw? You bet I am. So what are your thoughts on things lately? Uh, you got any new favorites? Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on on what Monday Night Raw has been like as of late? I think it's excellent. You think it's excellent? You bet I get it's excellent, Ken. That's what I love when you call, man. It's like we sit here dissecting things and uh, you know just uh, throwing out, spewing out negativity, and you call in. It's like excellent. Good stuff. I, I'm thinking, you know, I mean, what are you liking right now? I mean, you got Rollins, the champ, and he's not, not the nicest of guys. Uh, Cena's got the U.S. title. Uh, you know, Lesnar's always looming, going after the, 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 the strap. I mean, what, what are you enjoying right now in the WWE? I like uh, Randy Orton. Randy? What do you like about Randy Orton? He's, he's the Viper. He is the Viper. Yes, sir, he is the Viper indeed. I want to ask you, what are your thoughts? Do you like New Day? I love New Day. What do you, what do you think of uh, Xavier Woods' trombone? Oh, he's, he, he's okay. <laughs> the trombone's okay? Yes, he is. Yeah, so you like the trombone? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, then. So you're looking forward to watching Raw tonight? Yes, Ken. What are you looking forward to tonight? Um, I'm looking forward to see John Cena because he's the best wrestler in the whole world. Okay. Yeah, who do you think? Actually, that's a good question. So who do you think he's going to do his U.S. title open challenge tonight? Who do you think is going to answer the bell and challenge John Cena tonight? Uh, Sting. Sting, really? I love Sting. I, Sting's great, too. and I, You know, he's hurt, but do you think he's going to come back tonight to challenge John Cena? I hope so. That is a bold prediction, my friend. That is bold. Good stuff, as always, Justin. Thanks for giving us a phone call. We're, we're up against the end of the show. So uh, don't be a stranger, man. Oh. Give us a call next week. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Ken. Tell Dave he's the best. Dave, you're the best. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. 
Take it easy, Justin. He's and our friend Justin, he's good. He always just puts a smile on her face, so positive. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I brought up John Cena. We're, we're getting down to it. Um, interesting. You know, one thing I want to see, you know, how it develops. Uh, John Cena supposedly going to be absent from television. We, the, the the reasoning is is kind of vague, personal reasons, but um. We're not going to see uh, John Cena on our TV screens uh, as much for uh, a, a chunk of time, Dave. Yeah, I mean, uh, I to be honest with you, not saying that, you know, that, that, I mean, whatever, you know, personal reasons aside, I mean, the man deserves some time off, all the work he's put in, but I think it's a perfect opportunity for them to try out some other guys in, in, in top main event positions. The rumor I'm hearing is that, you know, tonight's Raw – we're probably going to see the beginning stages of Cena's exit off of television. I mentioned in the report that he's not scheduled for anything past Hell in the Cell, so we could see a strong indication as to who he's going to, uh, who he's going to face at the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, um, possibly for the United States Championship. One report I just read um, indicated, um, you know, on, on these live events that Dean Ambrose is an individual that um, looks to be in more of a main event role on some of these on, on, on these live events during Cena's absence. So I'm kind of wondering if Ambrose is the guy that gets the nod to beat Cena and take the U.S. title while Cena's away. Now, then again, we also have an absent WWE champion for the better part of the, the, the end of 2014 last year. So what what could really, you know, at the IWC's crow is if, uh, you know, John Cena takes time off, but he's still the United States champion. I could just imagine the explosion that the Internet will feel after that takes place. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I, personally, I would have him drop it. Um, and and I agree too. with you. I would have, uh, you know, whoever the guy is, uh take that opportunity, you know, to, to maybe build, like, a pretty heinous heel and have someone, like, put Cena at a commission, um, you know, storyline-wise. Uh, should be intriguing, though, Here's, you know. So, good. Here's a name. You know, WWE has been so – working so hard to make this person, you know, the man, the, 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 the next big baby face. Now, John Cena, yes, he's got a following, but, you know – a, a large portion of the male adult audience doesn't really care for John Cena. It's kids and, 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 and women and little girls, and, you know, little kids and women. But if what if they had Roman Reigns win the United States title, being John Cena? You think that would bump up his credit with the, with the audience and maybe they'll, you know, I mean, because anybody against Cena and most of the audience will boom. They're a cheer for him if you think about it. I, I, think it's a good I think it's a good name. I think it's a good uh, way to, to, you know, the, the, the reclamation project that is Roman Reigns. Um, you know, I, I think it's a shame. I think Roman Reigns has done everything that you could, you know, sometimes these, these wrestling crowds are not fair. He's done everything to just continue to get better and better in the ring to uh, you know, at least the, like the the corny jokes have subsided. They they weren't giving him you know old John Cena scripts. The promos are 
you know, again, no one's going to confuse Roman Reigns with Roddy Piper, uh, but the promos have gotten better. He continues to improve in the ring. Uh, I'm enjoying his feud with Bray Wyatt. Uh, you know, people need to, uh, you know, recognize what Roman Reigns is doing out there. Um, again, I still think that he could use uh, a spruce up in the gimmick, and I would distance himself a little bit from the shield uh, thing, you know, make him more his own man. Um but I, I think that that's a great name, Dave, to throw out there to kind of be the one that dethrones John Cena. Oh, I mean, it's it, it's another notch on his belt to eventually ascend him to, you know, the main event and to, you know, the, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship if they still have their sights set on him being the man someday. Now, that was the argument that was made in a lot of fans' eyes last, you know, this past year was Reigns got this too soon. He didn't really earn it. You know, he didn't have enough notches on his belt, so to speak, to to be seen as a believable championship contender. Well, you put him in a, in a decent program with John Cena and have him thrown Cena for the United States Championship, that, that could give him, in, in some ways, some instant credibility. But, however, he is booked to face Bray Wyatt inside Hell in a Cell at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. So I, I'm kind of leaning, I'm kind of thinking he's not going to be that guy. But, um. I mean, who knows? Time will tell. I just do think Cena will need to drop the title and give it to somebody else. Here's another name, Daniel Bryan. A surprise returning Daniel Bryan, if he's cleared, I think would be a, would be a pretty big deal. The only thing, like I said, and, and I, you know, for me, if I was running the WWE and he's cleared to come back, there's no way I'd put Daniel Bryan anywhere close to a belt uh, for a little while um, just to make sure he can handle the, the WWE schedule and he can you know, do it without getting hurt again. So remains to be seen. Maybe we'll get an, an inkling tonight on Raw, uh, who will be going forward and perhaps taking the title from John Cena. Uh, let me give thanks to uh, Kevin Knight for joining us uh, for a little bit tonight. You want to see uh, some great IWF action this Saturday? I'll be there. Producer Michelle will be there. And the Honk Tonk Man and Bushwhacker Luke will be there. So uh, check out CampIWF.com. Camp for Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody.